0: It's Wired, the Pistons Podcast, presented by Chiefs. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Wow, what
1: an introduction there, and let's play it, shall we? It is the first installment of Wired, the Detroit Pistons Podcast with me, Matt Derry. Welcome in, everybody, and thank you for listening. And thanks to the Pistons for welcoming me back. It has been, I believe, about four years since I've graced any type of airwaves for the Detroit Pistons. And, of course, if you're new to me... Uh, I was the pregame, halftime, and postgame radio host on the Pistons Radio Network, on DFN, on The Ticket. Uh, When I moved to 105.1, the team moved over uh, as well, but uh, a lot of fun and great memories, and I got to thank so many people uh, from the Pistons, including Diane Ferrante and KG, Kevin Gregg, and Jeremy Smoker and the crew for bringing me back, and we're hosting this podcast weekly, each and every week, right here uh, with you, uh, Pistons Nation. Sue DePlante, Jake Bondaric, Dawn, all, Stephanie Kay. I feel like I'm back with my crew and, and with the Pistons fans. And, and we appreciate you listening and tuned in to Wired here. We're going to bring you a podcast each and every week. Inside info on the Pistons content and guests. And coming up in a little bit, we will talk to former Detroit Piston John Barry, who spent, of course, two seasons with the Pistons back in 0102 and 0203. Part of the bench that he named the Alternators with himself and Corliss Williamson and Zelly Rabracha and that crew that got Rick Carlisle's team going, winning 50 games two straight years before handing it over, of course, to Larry Brown and the 03 04 championship team. But JB from the NBA on ESPN Radio, the analyst, will join us in a little bit right here on Wired. It's great to be back. Um, here's the thing about, about me with the Pistons, and you guys know this going back to the days. Uh, on DFN and doing the pre-half and post-game, I'm always going to shoot you straight. I'm always going to tell you what I think. Uh, there will be no personal attacks. Uh, there will be no uh, overly negative finger pointing. If the team's not playing well, I'm going to tell you. If the team is playing well, I'm going to tell you. And I think with me and, and my knowledge of the game, I, I love watching basketball. I think the NBA is at, is at such a healthy place right now. And I'll be honest, I, I miss the palace. I, I I'm I've always been one that said the Pistons should never leave the palace and everything else. But I understand that right now there's some momentum in this town for the first time in a while. Let's let's call it what it is, folks. There's people going down to the LCA and walking out of that arena happy. There are people talking Detroit Pistons basketball again right here, right now. And we wanted to get this podcast up and running and, and, and bring you content weekly that you'll enjoy. And bringing some of the voices of the game uh, uh, some of the better uh, analysts out there and we're going to do that. I make you that promise we're not going to be putting on any jokesters on this podcast it's it's going to be good content and I hope you'll enjoy John Barry coming up in a couple of minutes all right right here on Wired to open up the program i got to give you an overview. And again, as we record this podcast on Tuesday, the Pistons are fresh off of a five and one home stand. And yes, the Monday night game against Oklahoma City was a complete and utter failure, and it was a toe stubber to say the least. Uh, to say the least. But this basketball team, something's going on uh, up at the practice facility and, and and down at the LCA, which you really have to like. And that is through twenty one games, the Pistons have won thirteen of them. Now, they played 16 of 21 against the East, which has helped them. The schedule's been nice to start the year. All right? They're going to be playing some teams from the West soon, and a lot. And the Western Conference remains supreme. It does. I know what some people may tell you. Oh, the East is... No, 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 no. The West is still the Supreme Conference. But you watch what two guys have done to put their spin and their their, their magic touch on this franchise and have turned it around. And those two individuals are the head coach Dwayne Casey and the star forward and I think we can say star again in Blake Griffin. There's there, there, there's a term that was used going all the way back to, to when I started working for the team with Rick Carlisle and, and Larry Brown and all these guys about culture change. And remember how bad the culture was you know with the horse's head and it, it just it, it just was stale and it wasn't working. And People came in and changed the culture, and Joe Dumars changed the culture. He brought in good guys, but he also brought in guys that could play. And you're watching now a culture change taking place at the LCA and up at the practice facility with Dwayne Casey. Guys are diving for loose balls again. Guys are smiling again and are happy on the court. And they're playing for this coach. And you want to give Tom Gorris and Ed Stefanski and everybody at the top some credit, because Dwayne Casey was coach of the year last year, but what was always the knock on Dwayne Casey's Raptors teams? Oh, they'll get into the playoffs and they'll and they'll choke it away, or or this decision was made, or whatever it was. But the Pistons landed the coach of the year from last year, and all he's done coming in here is just instilled some confidence in some players that needed it, put in an offensive system which has really worked, which I love which is handing the ball to your best player and kind of getting out of the way. When have we seen that in Detroit? The Pistons have always been going to work, teamwork, right? They had a superstar a long time ago in Grant Hill, and it just didn't work. And it wasn't Grant Hill's fault. He's all we had here for a long time. And then when they built the team the second time around after the bad boys uh, with the going to work team in between, you know, it, it was team basketball, and it was the the, the, the the you know the five guys with Chauncey Rip, Sheed, Ben, and Tay, as you guys called them, right? The best five alive, as George Blaha used to say. God bless George. I got to go see George soon. But you know, now with with, with Dwayne Casey, I, I think he came in and said, "I've got this six nine, six ten, back to the basket, mostly power forward." But I'm going to put him in, I'm going to have the ball in his hands at the top of the circle and let him do special things. And it's and it's and it's working. And there's a buy-in from the other players. A- ask Reggie Jackson if he would have bought into that under Stan Van Gundy. The answer probably would have been no. Reggie Jackson would have been like, "Wait a minute. What what is this guy doing? Handing the ball to the po- I'm the point guard here. give me the ball." And Reggie Jackson's deferring a little bit. And Ish Smith, when he's on the floor, is deferring a little bit because Blake Griffin is playing like a madman, like a superstar that he used to be. And it's fun to watch. And it's getting Andre Drummond motivated, and it's getting uh, Reggie Bullock motivated, and everybody else that's on the floor. And so the buy-in with the coach, number one. And number two, the way Blake Griffin is playing, it's, it's pretty scary. Scary good scary. Uh, hitting, knocking down three pointers to win games, taking the ball to the basket to win games. Uh, you know, five and one home stands where the guy's throwing in twenty five a game, but he's your leader in assists with five. And the trade that brought Blake Griffin over from the Clippers, to be quite honest with you, has been a win win for both teams because Tobias Harris needed a change of scenery, and he's lighting up for L A. But, you know, telling Blake Griffin or asking Blake Griffin to shoot 36% from three and 46% from the field as we record this podcast, it's been awesome. And, oh, by the way, a second-round pick that Ed Stefanski, on a guy like Bruce Brown, has worked out. And, oh, yes, Stanley Johnson has a pulse and is coming off the bench and performing for Dwayne Casey, whereas he underachieved under Stan Van Gundy. Now, again, he's averaging 10 points a game. It's not like Stanley Johnson. And I know we could compare him to Devin Booker and everybody else, but he's contributing on a winning team. And the Pistons right now are playing a lot better than people would have thought. They're sitting at fourth in the East. If I had to bet, guess and bet when this whole thing ends after 82 games, uh, I, w- I would venture to say that the, the Detroit Pistons would likely be maybe a 4, 5, or 6 seed. I still think Indiana, when healthy... And when they have a healthy Victor Oladipo, who's been out with a knee injury, uh, Indiana, I think, is is still going to be a better basketball team than Detroit. Toronto ahead of the, you know, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Indy, probably. But the Pistons are a playoff team, and they're playing exciting basketball, and it's fun again. And that's all we've been asking for for a while, for it to be fun again. This is Wired, presented by Jeep. My name is Matt Derry on the Pistons podcast. Let's check in with our guest. Our, our inaugural guest here on Wired, the Pistons podcast, an old friend of ours, former Piston, ESPN radio NBA analyst John Barry will join me right now. What's up, JB? It's all good, Matt. How are you? Good to hear your voice, brother. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, a, a bit of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. How about you?
0: Yeah, I say a little bit. Um, you know, I, I thought they were going to do better than most people predicted. I think they were predicted to win about 36, 38 games. Um, I thought it could be a team that uh, would fight for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, Dwayne Casey obviously has had great success in Toronto for many years. And, uh, I thought it was a great hire, and I think Blake Griffin uh, is becoming again the player that we uh, we saw from a couple years ago. He's been uh, absolutely terrific this season.
1: Let, let's start with the coach, and obviously with Stan Van Gundy having that dual role, and it, it just didn't work out. They go get Dwayne Casey, and there's just there's a stability there. In talking to people around the league like you do, what's the secret to his sauce, and that has this team playing for
0: him? Uh, you know, I, I've not heard a bad word uh, from anyone, any player, any executive, any other coach. Uh, it's just great respect for Dwayne. You know, he's been around the league for a long, long time. Uh, great assistant for many years uh, up in Seattle uh, with George Karl and uh he's just a really likable guy that has a as it creates an atmosphere that i think uh, guys enjoy being in uh you know i don't know that he has a particular style i I think he just takes uh the attributes of the guys that he has and uh and lets them play and uh you clearly see that going on right now it's uh blake griffin you know being that point forward and uh, this team gets after it defensively and uh, you know it's a it, it's a different mix of players you know when you talk about really having two bigs in the game and Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond Not many teams play that way anymore and so they're a little uh, unorthodox if you will and uh, they've gotten off to a great start you
1: know it, it, in 2018-2019 guys do want to play for their for their coach and obviously they're there's different styles and and Stan very demanding and after bad losses you know this he'd go on those rants uh, on the post game show was this a kind of demeanor that they needed in that locker room with Dwayne Casey?
0: Well, it's clearly worked. I mean, you know, a lot you know, stands uh, stands Stan's a different animal. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys, if you don't take the game as serious as he does, uh, he, he he's not a big fan of yours, let's just put it that way. So uh, I think it's a completely different atmosphere than they've been used to. Uh, and just, you know, I think it was time. And, you know, now that Blake Griffin's kind of settled in, uh you know you add a couple different pieces uh you know i just it's a group that uh clearly gets along with one another uh you know i unfortunately i did watch last night to to see (laughs) hopefully a really good game and uh you know they got taken behind the woodshed by a a very good oklahoma city team but uh again it's a group that uh, it looks to get along very well and it looks like a really good locker room and i think uh blake griffin is uh Flourishing in his role here with uh, Detroit,
1: John Barry, with me, the former Piston, now ESPN NBA analyst. you hear him on ESPN Radio all the time. Pistons at 13 at eight at the time of this recording. John and uh, you mentioned Blake Griffin. I-, I thought it was genius at Dwayne Casey to kind of like you said, a point forward, hand him the basketball and let him go. And that's that's kind of the way we are here in the, in this day and age of the NBA, where the prototypical four now isn't isn't playing with his back to the basket anymore. Do you like that?
0: I like it when they do it as well as Blake Griffin. Uh, I mean, he's a terrific passer. You know, he really was in L.A., just uh, didn't have the basketball as much. And when you play with Chris Paul, obviously he's going to be the primary ball handler. But uh, I think with this team, he's the best playmaker. I, I mean, uh, he's terrific. He can get the ball off the rim, take it all the way. Uh, he's got a great rapport with Andre Drummond. You know, Reggie Jackson's not really a prototypical point guard that's just going to set people up. He's more of a scoring guard. So you know, that actually works out well. You put the ball in Blake Griffin's hands, uh, and he's capable of making plays. He's shooting the three ball now uh, a lot better than he has in the past. His free throws are better. And, uh, I mean, he's just a terrific all-around player. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning whether he was a superstar player. You know, if you go back a couple of years ago, uh, I think he's answered that question this year.
1: And he has to be, uh, especially here in JB, we've needed here in Detroit a superstar, or just the buzz is back because of Blake Griffin. And I also think he's a tremendous individual and an extremely likable guy.
0: Well, I I think you have to credit Stan that they knew that. Uh, You know, I I think they knew they had to make a trade to go out and get a Blake Griffin. Uh, You know, I don't know free agency wise if it was going to be an attractive play. It's a team that hadn't been in the playoffs. Uh, You know, it was going to be very difficult for him to go get a superstar player. So that was the way they had to do it. Uh, I think it was a brilliant move. He's under contract for numerous seasons, uh, and he seems to be very happy there. So uh, all in all, I think obviously this team, not championship quality team. It's a playoff team, in my opinion, if they can continue to play this way. Uh, But there's some pieces that need to be added. They need some shooting. I think they could use another playmaker uh, coming off that bench.
1: All right, I want to get into the standings and everything else with you in a second. You mentioned before Andre Drummond, and I, I've heard you call games both TV and radio. There, there have been times you've been critical of him and his effort. Uh, what do you see in this year, and and how much can Blake kind of get Andre going each and every day?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's better, you know. And and you know, playing hard is is also a skill, and, and that was my point with Andre. And I'm not saying that he's not a guy that gives effort, but. Knowing how to play hard and play effectively is a skill. And I don't think that was something that he had. He was very rough around the edges when he came out as a young player. And I think he's developing into a all around excellent player. Uh, he does play hard. He's obviously one of the great rebounders we have in the game. Uh, his free throw shooting has gotten better. Uh, maybe not of late, but I thought he was shooting pretty well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's, evolving there's no question about it and I think him uh, along with Blake Griffin a guy that can step out at the four position uh, creates some some space where he can do some things on the interior so I I like the combination of the two guys and Andre Drummond to me is a a bunch of player over the past couple seasons
1: And, and I think another thing too John probably is there aren't those type of combinations anymore now we're seeing four guards and you know, LeBron at center or something like that, and and it's a small man's game, and and all of a sudden the Pistons have this sort of different dynamic. How how much do you think that can help them?
0: Yeah, no, it it does make it a difficult guard, Uh, you know, depending on, uh, obviously, who you're playing, but Andre Drummond's a beast down the interior, and what he does on the glass, you can't get away with playing smaller players against him because he'll eat you alive, so uh, it is a good dynamic. Uh, if you do have a big guy, obviously you can play him. Blake can also play big guys. So uh, you have a lot of mis- uh, mismatches that can be created with the two of them down there. And, you know, so far, so good.
1: What about Stanley Johnson? Why why all of a sudden have uh, things click for him this year in your mind?
0: Yeah, well, you know, shooting always was the issue uh, when he came out. And, uh, you know, seems to be improved shooting the basketball a little bit, probably playing with a little more confidence Obviously, the athletic ability never a question. He's a tremendous athlete, and you know, getting a getting a full opportunity where you know you're going to get a chance, you know, it just does wonders for guys. Uh, he knows he's going to get an opportunity. He's in the rotation. Uh, I think Dwayne Casey's instilled some confidence in him. Go ahead and shoot the basketball, and uh, I think only uh, brighter things on the horizon for Stanley Johnson as we move forward.
1: And Dwayne Casey's, you know, bringing him off the bench, which has sort of motivated him and, and made him play better. You're a guy that. Uh, you know, came off the bench and, and could fill it up. What take me through? I guess the the mindset of a guy like that. who was a, been a starter ever since grade school. Now you're being told come off the bench. How, how does it work for him? You
0: think? Well, yeah, he, you know, it is totally different. A lot of guys can't really handle that when they go from a starter's role to a bench role. Uh, a lot of times, depending on the coaches, you don't get a lot of opportunity. Uh, you know, he does get to go against second line guys a little bit more now, which should be. Uh, something that helps but you got to find a niche you really should study what's going on in the game as you sit there to start the ball game see what another team's doing get a feel uh, for what might be effective and then you got to come out and you got to make uh, an impact and uh you know he's done that and he'll get more comfortable as he uh, continues to come off the bench
1: john barry with me Pistons sitting at 13 and 8 uh, as we record this First edition of the podcast here, uh, Pistons, J.B., I guess I, I, if I told you 21, 25 games in, they'd be sitting at fourth in the East, and obviously the Pacers have kind of dipped back down with, with the Oladipo injury, uh, what, what would you have said? Would you say surprise? Or would you say about where they should be?
0: Yeah, maybe a bit surprised. I mean, obviously with Boston getting off to the terrible start that they've had, uh, you knew Toronto was going to be up there. Uh, But, again, I I do think it's a team that can surprise some people. Uh, Again, after you talk about those couple two teams, um, it's pretty wide open. I mean, there's no team that's really going to separate themselves, uh, I I think, in the Eastern Conference other than Boston and Toronto. So uh, they have a chance to stay there. Again, they're going to need some contributions. Kennard uh, you know, he's got to be a guy that can stretch the floor and shoot the ball from the three-point line. If Stanley Johnson can continue uh, to shoot the ball from the outside, that's going to create space for Blake and Andre Drummond to do their thing. Uh, I love what E. Schmitz has done. I mean, this guy, he's been on more teams than me, I think. I mean, <laughs> he's been bouncing around this league for a long time. But, boy, he's hes really made himself a solid player. I love what he does uh, for their group. Uh, so they've got some quality. they got some depth. You know, Glenn Robinson is still trying to feel his way into this lineup, uh, but they've got some guys. Uh, Galloway hopefully can uh, you know shoot the ball uh, from the perimeter as well. Uh, there's a lot of pieces, uh, I think, for this piston group, and uh, you know I don't see them really falling back. I think they have a good opportunity uh, to be a four or five seed. All
1: right, you look at the East right now? And you, you mentioned Toronto at, at twenty and five, and the knock on them has always been, yeah, but wait till they get to the playoffs; they'll always. Uh, choke it away, and obviously it's it's a different mindset up there now with Dwayne Casey gone, but they have a three-and-a-half game lead as we record this in the East, 20-5. and five, Are they are they the best team, or do you think Boston goes on a run and eventually gets up to, to that spot?
0: Well, the difference between Toronto now is they have Kawhi Leonard, and uh, that's a tremendous difference. Uh, that's the thing uh, that they've been lacking. Uh, as good as DeMar DeRozan is, as good as Kyle Lowry is, those guys aren't superstar players. Those guys are all-star players, excellent players, but they're not a Kawhi Leonard, and that's what they have now, a guy that can play both sides of the basketball court. He's tremendous defense. That's the difference maker for Toronto. I love their team. I do think Boston will get going. Um, I still think Philadelphia has some growing up to do the way they play. They just turn the basketball over so much. Uh, I still don't put them uh, being a team that's going to come out of the East. I do think they're going to be in the top four, no question. You know, along with Milwaukee, obviously, Milwaukee's gotten off to a great start. Uh, But I do love Toronto. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's Toronto-Boston in the Eastern Final. And, you know, if I had to say right now, I I think Toronto's a better ball club.
1: You brought up Milwaukee Pistons. We'll see them Wednesday. Uh, Is Giannis uh, your MVP right now? I know it's very early, but would you fill out a ballot for him right now
0: uh, i would not be offended by you telling me he's the mvp let's just put it that way he's phenomenal and uh with the start his ball club's gotten off to he's got to be in consideration there's no question about it uh, a tremendous talent uh he's fun to watch and you just never know what you're going to get out of him but uh boy is he a monster to guard
1: Pistons are going to see the Sixers coming up too. Uh, that means Embiid versus Drummond, which always seems to get interesting. Joel saying that, you know, he's got real estate in Andre's head. Uh, do, do, do you like that? Do you like Embiid and the way he talks? Because he seems to back it up.
0: Well, I think everybody likes it. The guy that doesn't have to play against him. Uh, it, we think it's funny, and it's uh, you know he's he's a charismatic guy. Excuse me. Uh, but I don't know that the players like that. Uh, you know, to a point it's okay, but when you start disrespecting other players, uh, maybe you cross the line. And I know him and Drummond got in. Did he flop or something against yeah. Drummond and got him thrown out of a game? You know, that's 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 uncalled for. So I know Andre will be ready. But Embiid another guy you got to talk about MVP consideration. He's been uh, phenomenal for that team as well. He's uh, he's an incredible talent.
1: John Barry with me from ESPN NBA analyst and of course the former Piston. Uh, you look at the teams that are out on the outside looking in right now, and again, it's very, very early, JB, when we're looking at at this stuff. The Miami's, Brooklyn's, uh, you know, the Bulls just fired their coach. I don't know what's going on in Washington, but what, what, which team? I guess near the bottom makes a run, or do you think the way it looks right now with the Raptors, Bucks, Philly, Detroit, Indiana, Boston, Charlotte, and Orlando? That's your that's your top eight.
0: I think Washington playing better. I mean ten and fourteen now. Uh they're just outside the eight spot. So I, I would expect them to play better. I don't know if Dwight Howard coming back hurts or helps. Uh but I think that's a team that should get a little bit better. Uh, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, Cleveland, New York, they they don't want to win. Uh really surprised about Brooklyn being an eight and seventeen. They're very competitive, uh, but just really haven't gotten in the win column. Uh Miami I think's a pretty mediocre team. I I, I don't see them making a run. Uh, and Charlotte, again, the Charlotte's another surprise. Uh, Charlotte just one game under five did Didn't expect a lot out of them. Uh, so I think Washington, out of that group uh, that's out of it right now, would probably be the one group that I think could sneak in.
1: Denver atop the West with the Clippers. Uh, again, that one is is a stunner, I think, to just about everybody. But maybe the people that know the game and know uh, what a great coach, how good of a coach Michael Malone is, take me through the West a little bit and what you see.
0: Yeah, you know we love what Malone's done. Denver uh, got off to that hot start and then really struggled for about two weeks. Uh, I think lost about uh, six six out of eight games or something like that. But uh, have gotten themselves back on track. Great win in Toronto last night. Uh, this guy Nikolai Jokic. Uh, if people haven't seen him play, you gotta watch him play. He's uh, phenomenal. I mean, passes the basketball, shoots threes, uh, doesn't really care about scoring. He, he's had. Uh, double doubles without getting ten points. He's getting, this, I mean, a fifteen assists in a ball game. Uh, he's really, really good, and uh, I think Denver's there for the long haul. I think this is a team that's going to be in the top four. Uh, Clippers major surprise. Tobias Harris, as everybody in Detroit knows, becoming a star. He really is a terrific season thus far. Uh, love his game, and then OKC got off to a terrible start this year, and I think they're fifteen and three since an zero and four start. Uh, Russell Westbrook uh, playing more under control the team looks pretty good playing really good defense and then it's funny to say the Warriors sit at number four yeah because uh, that's probably not going to last very long uh, as soon as they decide uh, to crank it back up uh, they will be the best team in the NBA uh, Cousins I believe coming back just after Christmas is what I hear and so I expect Golden State to go on a major run and be the number one seed yeah, you know, Memphis. Uh, you know, good surprise from them. Portland's kind of coming back to reality after a hot start. And, you know, Dallas is playing well. The kid uh, Doncic is uh, excellent rookie, maybe rookie of the year if you had to vote uh, right now. That's who would have my vote. He's great. Uh, and then Sacramento's. You know, what a nice start for Sacramento at 500 after 22 games. It's Been a long time since they've been uh, talked about. And amazing to say, Houston is 11 and 12 at this point in the season. Uh, I know injuries, but, uh, again, very surprising losing Ariza, losing Bob Mute. Uh, this team is, uh, basically the Rockets from three or four years ago. Score a ton of points, but can't stop anybody. So interesting to see how, uh, things will pan out for the Houston Rockets.
1: Wait a minute. JBU skipped LeBron and the Lakers.
0: <laughs> lebron and lakers uh yeah you know isn't, the, okay. isn't that
1: a mandate isn't that a mandate from your bosses to talk about them all the time
0: yeah well you know what i'm gonna have to talk about him so much over the next four and a half months that uh <laughs> maybe i wanted to admit him but uh look the guy you, you just can't say enough about how this guy he's just a winner i mean it doesn't matter where he is i mean if you put him on any other team In the East, let's say we talked about those teams nine through fifteen. Yeah, I would guarantee you if he was on one of those teams, they're not nine through fifteen, not even close. Like you flip it, you know what I'm saying? Like this this guy could go to Brooklyn and and make and that team's in the playoffs. You wouldn't even think twice about saying that. He if he stayed in Cleveland, you think they'd be five and eighteen? Not even close. Probably eighteen and five. I mean, that guy's got that much impact. Make so many players around him better, and I think the Lakers aren't really equipped for uh, LeBron right now. I, I don't think they have all the perimeter shooting that you really need. Uh, but yet, here they stand at fourteen and nine.
1: Did you know when you were on the court playing against him? When did you did you know? How early on did you say, "Oh my gosh, this guy, this is a different uh, this is a different bird"?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have said that rookie year. Um, I was in Denver, so I only played him twice. Uh, but, you know, I knew the talent, you know, I, I knew he was going to be very, very good, but I didn't see this. Uh, you know, struggled really shooting the basketball from any sort of range uh, when he first came out. And just everything about his game has evolved and he, being the athlete that he is, uh, being as smart as he is, having just uh, tremendous basketball knowledge. I mean, you call out plays and he knew exactly the play. I mean, he, he was, he's always ready. Uh, and, He's got a he's got a will to win, and he, he finds a way.
1: Final thing for John Barry from ESPN got to ask you about your your one year in Detroit, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, two what, years, man, come on. Was it this? Was it two? Both with Rick, right?
0: Two years, baby. Fifty, 50 wins, fifty wins, and then they get rid of me and win a championship. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I will say Take this
1: I only thought it was the second year of Rick that you were here. The first no, no, the, the no, first no, year, and I say this to a lot of people. And I don't know what your relationship like is like with Rick anymore. I, the, the, one of the great, you know, minds of all time. That first year, that that oh one oh two year, you may not never find a better coaching job ever, right? With with that fifty fifty win group, that was, that was incredible.
0: That was a mixed match group. I mean, we kind of threw a bunch of guys in here, and uh, I think we were. I I want to say we were about sixteen and sixteen. And still won fifty games. I mean, we went on a run in the second half of that season. Uh, we 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 were big time, you know. That was what I think. That was Chucky e. Atkins, at Stackhouse, yeah. Cliff Robinson came in, and we had Corliss and Rabracha and
1: Michael Curry. Uh,
0: then yeah, Michael Curry. Then we made the move for Chauncey, or we got Rip for Stackhouse, I believe the next year.
1: Right, and then Chauncey and, uh, came, Chauncey came and she, in, and and uh, Damon Jones was out.
0: And Johnson came in. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a run. I mean, we got to the Eastern Finals in two years, just putting together a bunch of guys, and uh, it was really a lot of fun. I wish I could have been there for that third year.
1: Is it is it weird coming back here when you're doing the games downtown with the Palace uh, no, being no longer?
0: Yeah, I did one game there last year. I did uh, actually the Clipper game when they played against Blake, and Blake didn't speak to anybody before the game, during the game, or after the game. <laughs> It was quite strange, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I had not spent much time in the downtown area. You know, I, I lived out in Rochester Hills, and obviously we were playing at the Palace, so I never really, uh, went downtown. So, uh, it was a, quite a snowstorm, so I didn't get to see a whole lot, but, uh, beautiful arena, and, uh, it's great to see that they have a team that's, uh, competitive again, and, uh, things are looking, uh, certainly a lot brighter for the Detroit franchise.
1: And the league is healthy too, right? I mean, everywhere you go now, uh, you know, it seems like every day, even in the offseason, there's some sort of drama, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the NBA is extremely healthy, don't you think?
0: It's hot. It, it really is. And it, it's kind of surprising me when you look around that you figure there's, what, a handful of teams that can really win the NBA championship. So there's not a whole lot of parity, but yet these stars, uh, people want to see them. And there's a ton of them. So many guys under 25 years old that are unbelievable talents. And there 's so much fun to watch. So there's a lot of great personalities, and uh, the league's thriving, and it's uh, a lot of fun to be a part of.
1: John, it was great catching up, brother. Thanks so much. You got it. John Barry, Detroit Piston legend. I don't know if I'd call him a legend, but he was a legend when he was here from 01, 01 02, and 03. That is my bad. I thought he was just on the 2 03 team under Rick Carlisle, but I apologize for that. JB, John Barry. NBA on ESPN Radio, you'll hear him as a, a game analyst uh, throughout the season on the national broadcast. And We appreciate him taking a couple of minutes of his time here to talk about uh, your Detroit Pistons. That'll do it for our first installment of Wired, the Pistons podcast for this 2018-2019 season. Again, honored to be back and on the air with you. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us, uh, whether it's off of Pistons Twitter, Facebook, and, and of course DetroitPistons.com. Uh, We thank you for listening. Tell your friends about us. We'll be back next week and talk more about your Detroit Pistons as they get set for a big week ahead with Milwaukee and Philly and others. But uh, Matt Derry signing off. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.